there's an enemy living inside of me like a mucker yelling out telling lies to me and i don't feel brave but i don't have to be because i walk through the valley of shadows and it scared me half to death but you're with me everywhere i go so i won't give up yet my fears would surely kill me if i didn't know the truth the things that no place where my demons can't find me but just wait till they see who's standing behind me i walk through the valley to scare me half to death but you're with me And turn this thing around God turn it around God turn it around God turn it around I'm calling on the name that changes everything yes God turn it around God turn it around God turn it around all of my
Morning Church, would you please rise for our first song?
I've, uh, it only took me about three years to figure this out, but go big red. Woohoo, a victory, right? Well, we're here today to celebrate a victory. That's not the one. The victory we have is the victory that Jesus won for you and for me so that we can live forever. Oh, yeah. And it is the best victory ever. Pray that you know that. I, I do pray that you know that and live in that victory every day. I uh, want to welcome everyone, especially our guests. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we do want to get to know you. And so many different ways you can do that. You could stop at Next Steps. If you're um, on Facebook Live, you could just put something in the comment section. You could text uh, 1C Guest to 94,000. Uh, you can just catch us afterward. You know, we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to invite you back. We'd love to answer some questions. So please, 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 you know, let yourself be known. If you're here today and you have some questions about how things work, um, one thing that I'm going to tell you now, and, and we're working on something that we're going to announce next week, so that'll be next week, but there are cards that are in some of the chair backs in front of you. So if you're here today and you would like to submit a prayer for service, you can look at that card. It'll tell you how to do it. If you're on Facebook, you can put it on the comment section. If you're here today and you'd like to take communion, those cards will walk you through what we believe as a church and how you can take communion. So just please take a look at that and be ready as we keep moving forward in our service. Um, one announcement I'd like to make, one announcement specific, is this is the last week for the Summer Psalms series. Say that fast three times. Uh, we're going to move now to The Chosen. How many of you have seen The Chosen? Okay. If you haven't, and there's people around you after the service, ask them about it. It's, it's an incredible... Um, they take the Bible, they take the stories of the Bible, and they put it in some really powerful ways. So um, we're going we're gonna to start on that next Sunday. So we're going to walk through season one and look at some of those themes that have been put before us in The Chosen. But I want to I really encourage you, if at all possible, if you'd like to come on Wednesdays, and we're going to have an opportunity to be able to uh, look at the theme before we actually get to the sermon. And so Chris, why don't you talk about that if you would. So we started uh, the Chosen Bible Study this last week and, and we actually watched the first episode which was the pilot called uh, The Shepherds and it's all about the birth of Jesus. And uh, well, we were sitting there, it was 18 of us were signed up, I think we had six or seven there with me and one of the guys says, hey, you know what? He goes, we have 300 extra seats in here. Why don't we just invite the entire church to come watch it with us? And I'm like, that's a great idea. So, uh, yeah, as Pastor said, we'd love to have you guys, even if you don't stick around for the Bible study, come and watch the show with us because it's, well, we've got a big TV behind me, and it's pretty cool to see it on that. But it is a fantastic show, and the, the study is great, but it is so neat to see how they've done the life of Jesus, and it's not like anything you've ever seen before. It is so powerful. And so, yeah, I, I definitely encourage you guys, please come. It's going to be awesome. Come and see. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the tagline in, in there, come and see. Uh, each episode's somewhere around 35 minutes to about 45 or 50 minutes. So if you want to come, pop in on a Wednesday, watch that, see that. Then you get to see that in advance of the sermon. And we'll just be pulling little clips out of there and talking about uh, what was being taught in there. So really, really good time. So love, love for you to do it. Uh, but I'll just also say we have so many different opportunities for you to... Do you remember the, the little phrase I'm using now? 
There's two words, and it's encouraging you to jump in. All right? Jump in. You jump in when you come to church. Glad that you jump in. Jump in every single week. I think it's really important for us to do it. But we have groups and studies and classes and serving opportunities, so many of them that we really don't want to take time right now to, to walk you through it. Jump in. Wednesdays is just one of the days that we have lots going on, but we have other days too. So give us a call. I'd, I'd be willing to sit down with you and talk to you about all the opportunities we have for you to what? Jump in. I think I got 50% of you. So maybe next week when I ask you what's that little phrase that I'm encouraging you to do, you will say, all right, very good. Last thing is uh, the joy, uh, we're going to have the joy baskets go by soon. Here's the premise behind the joy basket. Every single person here, whether you are in the house or online, you have been blessed by God. Now, the blessings are different. They just are. God dishes out his blessings, and he gives different blessings to different people. What he wants us to do is to say thank you for those blessings. And we did it by singing the last song. We do it when we lift up our prayers. We do it when we serve. We do it when we go to like studies and Bible studies. We also do it when we give of our offerings. Now, I am not here to tell you what you should give or how you should say thank you to God. But I am going to pray that God would speak to you, you would listen to what he has to say, and that you would be faithful to his leading in your life. All right? Because I think it's a personal, spiritual journey on how to say thank you. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we, uh, we know the greatest gift and blessing of all time is the victory we have because of you. We have uh, eternity. We have heaven. We have forgiveness. You are so awesome. Uh, but you've also blessed us with many other blessings. And in this room, Lord, we are um, a group of people blessed by you. Your desire is that we would say thank you. And Lord, I pray now that you would lead and guide and direct each and every one of us to listen to what you say and follow. And Lord, we know that the desire is that your kingdom would be furthered. So Lord, may we be faithful always. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. If you have a baseball card with you that you got on your way in, bring it with you if you have it. If not, I've got more, but come on up. Find a seat up here on the floor. All right. Did everybody get a baseball card on your way in? Did anybody not get one? There you go. Everybody else has one. You didn't get one? There you go, Jet. All right. Oh, you didn't get one either? There you go. You need one. There's a nice shiny one. All right. Well, who do you have on your baseball card? What baseball card do you have? You have the strikeout leaders? Oh, pitchers striking other people out, not people going up to bat and striking out, right? So that's a good card, yeah. <laughs> you got that? Who's that? You don't know? Does anybody, can anybody tell me who is on their card? Who is it? Okay. All right, well, what can you tell me about those guys? Okay, so you got one that plays for the Rockies, one plays for the Yankees. Yeah, what can you tell me? All right. Some of the names are hard to pronounce, aren't they? Yeah. Let me see who I have. I got to put my glasses on because they started printing these a lot smaller than when I was a kid. So I've got Tim Anderson. And he plays for the Chicago White Sox. And I flip it over on the back. And you know what? Tim is a shortstop. And look at this. Tim even, it even tells me how big Tim is. What do you guys think? Do you know, do you know how big Tim is? No? Oh, let me tell you. All right. Tim is six foot one. He weighs 185 pounds. He bats right-handed. He throws right-handed. He was drafted by the White Sox in 2013. And he's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Let's see what else. Oh, Tim's total in the Major League Baseball. He hit 91 home runs, 288 RBIs. That's runs batted in. And his average is a 286. I think that's pretty good. I don't know a lot about baseball. But I think that's pretty good. What do you think Tim knows about me? Nothing? You don't think he knows anything about me? You're probably right. I've never met Tim, and I've never, didn't know anything about Tim until I started looking on this card. So he probably doesn't know anything about me, does he? I've never been to his house. We've never had dinner together. But I can tell you quite a bit about Tim by reading it on this card. You can tell me about them too? From a, Ray plays for the Blue Jays. Cole is a Yankee. Yeah. And the Chicago White Sox. All right. Well, you know what? I bet you all could tell me something about the baseball player that you have. But isn't that amazing to think that we can know a lot about somebody without actually knowing them? But you know what? God knows a lot about us. So what do you say we read 
the first four verses from Psalm 139 and see what we can find out about what God knows about us. All right, here we go. It says, Lord, you have seen what is in my heart. You know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know what I'm thinking, even though you're far away. You know when I go out to work and when I come back home. You know exactly how I live. Lord, even before I speak a word, you know all about it. Isn't that amazing that God knows us that well? He doesn't just know about us. He really knows us. He knows what's in our hearts. He, he can predict the future. That's right. He knows what we're thinking, and he even knows what words are going to come out of our mouth even before we say it. God really knows us, doesn't he? That is amazing. That's right. He's the one who created us. That's right. So God knows us a lot more than we know these baseball players, doesn't he? And you know what? God even wants us to know him and not just know things about him like we can read things about baseball players. But God wants us to know him personally like a really close friend. That's why when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he says, when you pray, pray like this. Say, our Father who art in heaven, because our God who knows us, knows everything about us, wants us to know him that way too. Like a father knows a child, he wants us to have that close personal relationship with him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That God wants, to, wants us to know him like he knows us. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Our Father, you know everything. And you know us really well. You know everything we need. So help us to trust you. And to know you really well too. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head back to your seats. And as you look at your baseball cards, remember that God knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants you to know him too. So it's a great segue into this next song. Uh, pastor asked us to do uh, He Knows My Name. It's an old song. And uh, I love it because it's just one of those things where you think about it. Yeah, God's crazy about us. He knows every single thing about us, down to the, the amount of hair you have on your head or, or whatever. So this is a great song. Love it. He'll never leave me. 
I Googled, you know, at 25, about 25 years ago that song was written, and I've just loved it since day one, because I think the message says it all. He knows you and me by name. He knows what our needs are. He knows our, uh, what gives us the greatest joy. He also knows where we struggle the most, and that's why communion is a, what a gift. He knows that our struggle is, well, with our sin, and that would keep us from him forever, so he decided to give us gifts and blessings to deal with this sin. That's what I love about communion. It's not just a nice meal to have in the service, but it is truly the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It is his gift for you and for me. So what we're going to do now in preparation for this gift of communion, we're going to take time to uh, profess what we believe about our sin about our need for a savior, about what we believe that is in this meal, and also a profession of what we, we desire to do as a result of his grace for us. So if I could have those words up on the screen, let's share this out together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And let me say it just one more time so it's so clear. Because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. The Bible says he takes our sin as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember our sins no more. May that good news 
give you a joy that is beyond measure. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion, if you're going to use those small individual communion sets, believe, have faith that it's not just bread and wine, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, believing that truth, um, if you do desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this be a time, a sacred moment, where we are reminded and given, for these are God's gifts for God's people. Amen. to 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Lord, you are a good, good father, and you are perfect in all of your ways to us. Heavenly Father, as we gather here together, we praise you for this day and your purpose for it, we offer up these prayers to you. This is a prayer of praise for the beautiful weather and that everyone enjoys their Labor Day weekend. Strength for Coco as she continues her battle with cancer. Be with her through treatments and help her to know that she is never alone. You are always with her. Prayers of thanks for their opening the right doors for us. We're beyond blessed to have jobs that we both love and to work with kind, supportive staff. Thank you, Jesus. Prayers for the Niffler family in their time of sorrow. For those in recovery from any addiction or mental health issues, Help us all to remember to cast all of our anxieties on you and to trust that you will take care of us. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor and all that he does for our church. Bless him and his family and help him to know that his church family appreciates him. Lord, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Your word tells us in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, you remind us of this powerful promise when we open up our Bibles and read your words. You offer peace to our hearts in hard seasons. You give us examples in the Bible about when there were other times that were difficult. You are always there, and that gives us great hope in the battles that we face today, like rays of light breaking through the darkest night. Help us to cling to the hope that only you can give. Please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yep, over here, if you're looking over there, no one is there. Uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different uh, today for the message. going to have a conversation and a running commentary of Psalm 139. Um, I want to introduce you to Kristen. This is, this is my wife, okay? This is the person that has put up with me for all these years. We are celebrating, uh, it'll be the 40th anniversary this next May, so excited. Um, yeah, God is, God is good. It was about 43 years ago. Um, if you remember my story, I, I was a very, 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 very bad boy, okay? She was a really, 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 really good girl. Our paths never crossed when I was doing my bad thing and she was doing her good thing. Um, but when my life changed... Uh, God allowed our paths to cross. In fact, I was leading a Bible study at Milwaukee Lutheran High School, and we were in the choir room. And I'll never forget, it was near the end of the summer, and leading the, the group, here we are, and all of a sudden, she walks in. Um, late. Some things never change, just so you know. Time is an option for Kristen. Anyways, so she sneaks into the back and walks around, and she gets my attention. So I lean over to the guy next to me. I said, who's that? He goes, Hauser's little sister. I was interested. And just like any strong, macho guy, I had to ask somebody else to ask her out for me because I was so, 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 so shy. I was so shy. I'll never forget when I, I, I did ask you out, and do you remember what I did when, when you uh, said yes? Yeah, he fell on the floor. Yeah. I just went right down to the ground on purpose. She didn't know what to do. Very awkward moment. Uh, Guys, yeah. if you're going to do this, don't do it. It's not <laughs> worth it. Um, anyways, so now the rest is history. Here we are now, 43 years later. And over time, over all these years, there's still things I don't know about her, and there's still things that she doesn't know about me. We keep learning to grow and to know each other. And that is really the story of what we're going to do with Psalm 139. David, David's desire in his life was to really to know God, but also to be known by God. And that is reflected in this psalm. And as I mentioned, this is the last week. We're going to pause now in Psalm 139. We're going to take a look at this psalm. And I'm hoping that you come to understand that what this is all about, you know, the book of Psalms, in fact, all of the scriptures, is God's way of saying, I want a relationship with my people. I don't want a religion. I don't want to give you a book that you feel like you have to follow. But rather, I want to have a relationship where I'm going to, I'm going to let myself be known to you. 
and I also want to know you as well. That's what a relationship is. It's not a set of rules and responsibilities, but rather it's this trust and it's this idea of knowing. And that's really what I'm going to say that the book of Psalms has been for me throughout the years. And now when we get to Psalm 139, we're going to see David lean in and talk to us about several very important things of what he's come to know about this God in whom he follows. Namely, in Psalm 139, David talks about God being all-knowing, God being present everywhere, and God being all-powerful. And then after that, after David kind of reflects on that, he talks about what does it mean to be known by that God. And I think it's a, it's a great journey for us to take because I would like for us to put ourselves into David's place. I would hope that you and me together, we would know just how powerful God is, how he is present everywhere, and that he is a God who is so powerful, so loving. So we're going to take this journey, and uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you a what I call biblical principle that we find in Psalm 139. I'll share a little bit about it. And then Kristen's going to read that portion of Scripture. So I'm going to set it up, and then she's going to read it. And I, I want you to listen intently, especially when we hear those words of David written so long ago, but are so important for us today. All right. The very first principle that we have is that God knows you because he sees you. At first service, I didn't say this, but you know, just I don't want you to be thinking that he's some kind of like Santa Claus. He knows when you are, you know, the, the whole thing. That's not how it works. He is looking at you individually and personally because he's in love with you. There's nothing less than that. And as David reflects, he sees your actions. He sees your thoughts. He sees your future. And then, even with seeing all of that, he still loves you. He knows what's going through your mind right now. He knows if your mind is somewhere else, you know, like mine could be. He knows if your actions aren't so good. He knows the battles and the struggles. He knows what you're going to deal with in, in, you know, tomorrow, let alone five years from now. And he protects you. He comes right alongside of you. One of the phrases you're going to see and hear is the phrase that he hems me in. And it's a little, we have to be careful that we don't picture that it's more, it's an oppressive thing, because that's not what it means. It means he gets really, 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 really close to us, and he protects us because of his love for us. And because he knows, um, he knows our Achilles heel, he knows those areas of life where we just are fragile and, and, and in trouble. So he comes in and he hems himself around us, and he is going to love us through this earth into the next life in heaven. So I want you to hear these words. I want you to uh, let them kind of sink into your head and to your heart. And again, this is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 6. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know 
when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before me and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Again, David, just reflecting on, on this God that he has experienced all through his life, through you know, the, the good old Goliath thing, or how about when King Saul was coming after him, or with, you know, Bathsheba and her husband and all the stuff we talked about um, regarding Psalm 51. David has come to know this God. He uses a phrase that I don't, I don't want you just to kind of blow off and say, oh, those are nice words. It says here, and lay your hand upon me. In the Old Testament especially, even in the New Testament, but the Old Testament there was this beautiful action that was done of the laying on of hands. It was a time to bestow God's blessing and love and presence on whoever you're doing it to. They would do it for a new king. They would lay hands on him. Picture this. God is laying his hand on you, and his hand is, remember, it's all-knowing. He's present everywhere, and he is powerful. And he puts his blessing upon you and me. Secondly, God knows you because he is near you. Now think about this. We say he is everywhere, and we're going to see that coming up again in this next section. And then we're told that he is near us in order to lead us and to comfort us. He says this, wherever I go, you are there. And maybe I can even say it in another way. It's not just wherever we go, but whatever we're going through. And what comfort that is for people like you and me when we go through some really tough times. And I find it especially meaningful now. You know, we're, you know, like I've, I've told people too, we, we, we love being here. We really love the people of 1C, the sanctuary in Columbus. We also love our kids and grandkids who are really far from here. Or recently, some of our family members in other states are going through some really, really tough times. We wish we could be there and help them. I mean, I mentioned to Kristen last service that I wish we could get in the car and just go drive and, and be there for them. But sometimes we can't. But what gives us comfort is to know that there is a God who is everywhere. He is with them in their time of trouble. He is leading them. He is comforting them. He's made promises to always be with them. And that gives us a sense of peace. But even though we can't be there, he is there. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is near for all who are in trouble that is the God that David has come to know. So let's hear these words, verses 7 to 12. Where shall I go 
from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Yeah, a couple things when I, uh, again, reflecting on that scripture. It says, surely the darkness shall cover me. Um, I know many of you in this room, I don't know all of you, but I'm, I'm going to say I know one thing for certain. All of us have and or will experience darkness in life. In other words, all of us have and or will experience the impact of sin. It's all around us. And that darkness and that sin can be evidenced in really strained relationships, maybe health issues, maybe it's, um, maybe it's finances. Maybe I mean, who knows what your darkness is, but it is all ever before us. But I love how David says that this person, this God, he says, um, and your right hand shall hold me. I don't know if you've ever experienced walking in darkness and feeling uncertain about what's going on and having somebody that you trust reach out and give them, give them your hand and all of a sudden you feel like I'm safe. And then you just keep going through the journey. That's what happens spiritually. As we go through this world and there's so much pain and hurt sometimes, we have a God who says, I'm there right there with you and I'm going to hold your hand, I'm going to lead you and I'm going to love you. I hope you know that. All right, point number three. God knows you because he made you. Now, here are some concepts you're going to hear. He has made you on purpose. He has made you unique. He has made you for a plan. Now, how he says it, I love the words, formed, knitted, or intricately woven. David has experienced this throughout his life. And that there is a God who is there. Um, I do want to invite all of you, not all at once, but someday come into my office and see what is hanging on my wall. Um, there was a gal back in Tucson that took 18 months to make this wall hanging. And I, I don't know what kind of sewing it is. Embroidery. Embroidery, thank you. And she took 18 months to make that for me, and it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's intricately woven. And when I look up at that, I think, wow, this is, this is beautiful. But when I think about God and how he has made you and me, and he's made you with a purpose and a plan, and he cares about what happens in your life, and through your life, even in spite of your life, he is there and he cares for you. 
Let's hear now from uh, verses 13 to 18. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the, than the grains of sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Yeah, reflecting on that, I mean, the phrase, um, if I would count them, they are more than the sand. You know, the vastness of God, who he is, and how he is connected to people like you and me. How many of you have ever attempted to count grains of sand? I just want to know if there's anybody here. Have you? Okay, I did too. I just admitted it at last service to Kristen. I don't know how old I was, but I remember getting just a handful of sand and putting it down and tried to pull apart each grain of sand and start counting them. I don't advise it. It's not a good use of time. You could just say there's a lot of them and be done with it, right? But to think about that's how God is and how vast he is and how involved he is with your life and my life. He is so connected and so in love. Now, here are the three things that we've heard so far. God knows you because he sees you. God knows you because he's near you. God knows you because he made you. But now we're going to turn the corner a little bit, and we're going to see David's response to this, quote, knowledge of God. There is something that happens in David's life. So if I can have that up on the screen. It says, responding to God's knowledge, to pray and obey, to pray and obey. As David experienced this all-knowing, present everywhere, all-powerful God, he talks to God about what is on his mind. And you will find that the words that he's using now is pretty intense. He's talking about his enemies. And you feel this, uh, I'll just say intensity in his heart, when he's thinking about those enemies. Now, what's an enemy? According to David, he would say, anyone that opposes the will of God is an enemy. Anyone that opposes the will of God. And now he is turning, knowing who God is, and he's turning to God very intently and very specifically. So let's hear what he has to say and pray. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. O oh, man of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not, do I not loathe those who, well, sorry, 
those who rise up against me. I hate them with complete hatred. I count them as my enemies. How angry do you get against those who are, quote, enemies of God? Does it burn up, burn with inside of you when, when there is either something or somebody that is standing contrary to God, or do you tolerate it? Something is burning in David's heart. And I think it's this contrast when he's looking at God who is all-powerful, present everywhere, all-knowing, all-loving, gracious and kind when he's looking at God like that and then he sees the enemies of God. He is disturbed by this. And his prayer is pretty intense. Do we get that intense? I'm going to make a safe statement, at least for me, and you could maybe join me if you want to. I don't think I hate evil enough. I think I tolerate the things of this world, just a little bit too much. I need to have more fervor like David has in his prayer against anything that opposes God and his values. And it starts with prayer and it follows with obedience. Obedience to his word, obedience to his leading and guidance. All right, the next one. Responding to God's knowledge to be known. Now, I'm going to say this is a really goofy one that I'm putting before you. God already knows you. But I think there is a difference when we are willing to go like this to God. Because he already knows us. Even if we think we're hiding from him, like the good old Adam and Eve story, what happened after they ate from the tree? We're told that they went and hid from God. God knew where they were. But they didn't acknowledge that until God came to them. So David has now come to this place that says, I'm an open book, God. I am not going to spend any of my time hiding from you. I am going to be vulnerable to you. I am going to acknowledge that I want you to know me. I want you to search me. I want you to... I mean, I, I'm ready. Because when that happens, I'm no longer spending time protecting and hiding, but being honest. So let's uh, hear the last two verses of this psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. One of the things that, um, in light of things that are going on in our extended family stuff going on, um, I, I shared with Kristen, you know, there's really two parts to life. And this is kind of the counselor part of me, but there are the circumstances of life and then there are the perspectives we have. And I think it's pretty simple. The circumstances of life, many times we have very little control over them. 
And as we're thinking of some of our family situations going on, you know, the people that are being hurt, a lot of it is out of their control. They, they can't control it. But what they do have some control over are their perspectives. And here's where I think David's journey has brought him. His perspective is drawn out of the filter of who God is and how God works. I'm going to say it again because I want you to let that sink in. I believe that David's perspective has now been dramatically impacted, and I think ours would be too, once we understand who God is and how he works. When we begin to understand more fully, and this happens by the Holy Spirit working his work in us, this faith thing, when we realize that he is present everywhere, that he is all-knowing, that he is all-powerful, that he is at work, he leads me, he comforts me, he guides me. I mean, he's, he's all over this. When we truly believe that, that will override the circumstances. I want you to try that on. Now, I'm not saying that the circumstances will dramatically change or the chaos will go away, but our vantage point will change. One more scripture I'm going to share with you and then um, just prayer. Um, Jesus in, I think at John 13, probably even before that, he was telling the disciples, I'm not going to be with you much longer. So in other words, their circumstance is going to change. Chapter 14, Jesus comes upon them, and him being the very son of God, he could look at the disciples, and he knows what's going on in their hearts. So you look at John chapter 14, the very beginning, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. You know, beautiful, beautiful words that Jesus is speaking. But then near the end, in verses 6 to 7, when they're, they're just still trying to figure this out, Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And understand it. Jesus is standing in front of the disciples. He's saying, you know him because you've seen him here. Because the, the oneness between the Father and the Son. And his prayer is it would change their perspective. They still were going to go through the circumstance where Jesus was going to be uh, betrayed, arrested, beaten, put on a cross, put into a tomb. Horrible circumstances. But he is telling them, and he keeps telling them, he was going to rise again. He tells them, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one could go through the Father except through me. So my prayer for all of us as we sit here today is as we look back on David's Psalm 139, as we look at whatever is going through your life, remember this. Your view of God will dramatically affect how you live your life and how you view your life. So pray more fully today and tomorrow that God would give you a really strong view of God who is with you, a God who loves you a God who will never leave you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you as we think about your life on this earth. Oh, it was 
It was life-changing. The way you interacted with people who had all kinds of circumstances and you were desiring to give them a brand new perspective in life. And thank you. Thank you that you are the savior of the world. You are our friend. Thank you that you lead us and guide us and protect us. Thank you that you will never, ever, ever leave us. That you will be with us always to the very end of the age. So Lord, grant us the faith to believe and to trust. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing. Praise him in the noontime, praise him when the sun goes down. 
goes down. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Cause I know where I'll be without your blessing. So I'll keep praising your name. When the sun goes down